Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of We'll See You in Hell, the podcast now part of the Fangoria Podcast Network. You know that because I say that every week. For more information about the network, you've, you've heard this all before too, including the other programs. Maybe you want to follow our show. Maybe you want to find past episodes of We'll See You in Hell or any of the shows on this fine network. Visit Fangoria.com. You've heard it all before. Now on with our show. This week we're talking greed. Hey, this gang. episode we're talking greed. This is the sixth of the seven deadly sins. Our next uh, edition will be Envy, and then we're done with season two of the podcast and on to a Siskel and Ebert-style format, as yeah. we discussed. Good news, everybody. Yeah, we, we, are, we made the official decision. We are returning back to an all-movie format. We won't be watching the films uh, and providing commentary during them, we are going to be discussing a film every episode for about an hour or so. And Pat and I often agree and disagree. And, you know, it'll be like a mean Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Which uh, which the fans seem to like. And that's which good because they were like, have you seen that YouTube video where they're trying to record a promo and they're just biting at each other? No, I will send it to you. It's one of the best things you'll ever see. They're really? just they're shooting a 15 second promo and it starts out they're like gently ribbing each other and then it starts to get so cruel and nasty and cutting and by the end because they get really angry but by the end they're both laughing and friends again and then good-naturedly ribbing each other and laughing at each other's oh, jokes it. but you really see the whole relationship play out I love it uh as usual Pat and I sitting here with alcohol I have a St. Pauli girl Joe in my hand. Has any beer ever tasted and smelled more like marijuana than St. Pauli Girl? It's my first ever St. Pauli Girl. It's weird. It's like skunk weed. I'm smelling it. You're right. It, it's Heineken smells like that, too. Yeah, exactly. I hate Heineken. I don't like Heineken either. Stink. It Is does. this going to taste like Heineken? It tastes a lot like Heineken. Uh, when I was in Amsterdam, uh, every bar like the, on tap is Heineken. And yeah, that's like their Budweiser over yeah. there. I just got so sick of it because it was always like you can get a Bud for five or you can get a Heineken for a dollar. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Heineken, and and Heineken is the only beer, in my experience, that makes your breath reek like beer. Like it's the one that you okay. drink where everybody knows that makes you've sense. been drinking. Like, that makes sense, which I don't care for. I like a right. sneaky alcoholism. Sure. See that that's it's a scary thing for me. I I've I've had couple of friends in in my lifetime whose breath is just chronic and terrible and you don't know whether to tell them i would hope my good friends would always tell me if i have a single issue or a permanent issue it's a tough tough topic tough tough subject to bridge it's tough to bridge but you got to have a friend close enough who's going to be like your breath fucking stinks yeah you know, you, you have to have that, and I hope you will do that if for me. If they say it to you, you. In, a, in a fun way, that makes that breath stank. If they said it like that, you'd be like, oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. Or offer you a, a mint, and then you do the thing like, oh, do I need this? And then you can go, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got a little beer breath or whatever. That's it. And then you go, you do, asshole. Yeah. What do you think? I'm offering mints because you're hungry? <laughs> I've you never f- offered you a mint in my entire life. So if I'm doing it now, take the hint. Take I will the mint. Say- Take so the I, man I get a little annoyed sometimes. Like I'll be with like with a girl, and yeah. like we'll, we'll we'll be spending some couch time together for the sure. first time, and I'll say, "Hey," and we've been out of the bar or something. I'll say, "Hey, you want some gum?" And without without fail, almost every time they'll go, "Why do I need it?" And I go, "No, just, we're clearly about to make out." Yeah, I'm just we've been out p- 
pounding shots of Jägermeister. Yeah. It's Maybe the wet on American just... summer thing. If somebody offers you a piece of gum, it means you're about to make out, take it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's not, I'm not saying your breath stinks. You yeah. know, we just ate onion pizza. I think, you know, we've known each other two, three years at this point. I, I've never known you to have it. And I think the only only once, and I heard about it secondhand, was that uh, our buddy Vince was like, Pat, were you okay last night? And I actually wasn't. I felt really, really terrible at some bar and left. And he was like, well, yeah, Joe said that you had the sick breath. And I was like, <laughs> that piece of shit. Why wouldn't he tell me I had the sick breath? But I think I it was just that something was going wrong, and I felt terrible, and it was reflected in my breath. I don't even remember that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm sure at one point when you were leaving, you got close to me. Probably. And said, I'm leaving, and I thought, ooh, yeah, I can smell he's got some sick on him. Yeah, because I always, and not you know, not puke breath, but just like sick breath. I, I always breathe into my hands. I'm always very conscious. I'm big into altoids and et cetera. Um, and what I can say and hope that a couple of the people in my life who have this problem, who I'm not close enough to breach the subject with, Heed the advice. Get it checked out. I think it's a big thing with former alcoholics. Their insides are so destroyed that it's... Sure. And I think whiskey is a big uh, factor. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. Hello. <laughs> Joe was telling me the other night that he was doing shots of scotch, which every time I thought about it for the past several days has made me so sick thinking about doing a shot of scotch. It's. It was... I only did one. And it was disgusting. I was out with, I was at El Cid, yeah, uh, which is if you live in Los Angeles or if you don't live in Los Angeles, it's an outdoor bar, beautiful Mexican restaurant kind of place. They also have an indoor space, but you you go there mainly for the outdoor. And uh, the upper patio of El Cid was having their first night of. They were doing some new thing up there where like it was a different menu and it was different drinks and whatever. Uh, and it was their first night, so the hostess, who was quite lovely, said, guys, if you'd like to go up to the upper patio, it's free booze and food up there. We just want people up there so it looks like it's happening. And yeah. I said, great. We went up. All we could get was wine. But I had Mr. One Bill Burr with me. Mm -hmm. Bartenders knew who we was. They were like, Burr, you want something, you got it. Yeah. He said, me and my friend Joe would love some whiskey. They took that as scotch, which, God love them. They were giving us free booze. Yeah. They poured a couple of Johnny Walkers, and then they said apparently to Bill, we want to do a shot before you leave. So Bill said, we got to go do a shot with those guys. And we went in, and unfortunately, the shot they poured was, was scotch. Just <laughs> nauseating. I mean, it was, and I was chasing it with more scotch. It was, it was a rough shot. I don't, I mean, uh, we've discussed this before. You used to be very adamant about me doing shots. You've gotten 100% better about it. I don't do them anymore, and I think it's why I haven't had a hangover in several years. I can't stand them. I don't see the point. Put a couple ice cubes in it and sip it. You know, I drink pretty quick. I just don't need to jam it into my system. I hate it. I do it as, uh, yeah, I, I usually do them now as a Kickstarter to the night. Like sure. For, if, if, I'm gonna have a, if I'm doing a beer night, my first, I usually will have a shot or two kind of up front. Right. Or somewhere in that first four or five beers to kind of just get it going. Yeah. I did it really right last night. I was at our good, dear, dear friend Vincent George's place. <laughs> Great. Watching Payback, the wrestling pay-per-view. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And we were drinking beer, and then Vince at one I was about four or five beers in, and Vince said, do you want some whiskey? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? Yeah. Had two quick pops of it with, with uh, our dear friend Jesse Pop, 
Who better to pop with? Pops with the pop. And then I was like, perfect. I was just like, yeah, now I'm just going to sip another beer or two. Yeah. Smoke a little reef. Yeah. We put on UHF. Oh, beautiful. We were, the anticipation, we always got to talk about movies in some way, even though we're not officially back on movies, but. I I think we should. I think people want it from us. The anticipation of just, Vince started talking about UHF and how much he loves the movie. I started going, I love the old guy so much. He goes, what do you mean? And I go, the guy that's like, you idiots. Right, yeah. The bad guy. Vince and I start laughing hysterically. We're drunk, we're high. He can't stop screaming, you idiots. Yeah. Uh, in his living room. Yeah. He we, he puts the movie on, and it's about a 25-minute take until you get to that guy. Right. And he was just counting it down <laughs> in the best way. And he's going, he's yeah. going oh, man, we're not far off. Yeah. He's coming soon. Scene hits. Opening line is "You idiots," yeah. which I didn't realize. I remember that. And uh, I mean that exchange between him and Weird Al, where he accuses Weird Al of stealing the mail, <laughs> and then Weird Al goes, yeah. "No, I don't. I don't work here." Yeah. He goes, "Ah, trespassing." <laughs> <laughs> when the guy I... is just magical. Kevin McCaffrey is his name, and he's been in quite a few Twilight Zones. Kevin McCarthy or McCarthy, uh, and was in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. as the lead. When I was a kid. I was very obsessed with Weird Al and was probably my first big comedy love. I had all the cassette tapes. I followed him through Alapalooza, the one with Jurassic Park on the cover. Oh, you hung in there that long, huh? I did, but I was I'm a bit younger than you, so yours last one might have been Smells Like Teen Spirit or whatever. Smells Like Nirvana. I was out uh, after Dare to be Stupid. I was out. Oh, okay. See, I was so young. No, no, even worse was my last one. Yeah. The one where he did Fat. That's pretty great. Yeah. I was so young that I uh, really loved that Weird Al was going after Nirvana. I was like 11, and I was like, yeah, fuck them. You can't understand a word they're saying. Sure. Like, I wasn't old enough to be like, obviously, I love Nirvana. That took a few more years. But my intro to Nirvana was definitely Weird Al, and I used to be obsessive about UHF, and I had his VHS video collection, which I watched until it ran off the damn spool. The man was a genius, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I used to love when Weird Al used to do the MTV takeovers, and it would yeah. be like Al TV the whole day. Yeah. Those were fucking amazing. I didn't have MTV, but I, I actually ordered a VHS dub of an Al TV best of off offline. That's what you had to do in those days. Right. Uh, if you wanted to, there was no YouTube. You know, I'm going to sound like an old man, but you had to go find some shit. There was a whole store at the mall which was bootlegged concerts on VHS. It's amazing that that was a viable business for many years, and I miss it. Illegal. It was. It was it's got to be illegal. Yeah, they used to have a big. I think they still. Well, it moved, but right, right near the where I grew up, there was the Valley Forge Convention Center, and they used to have a music show there every Black Friday. And it was just table after table of guys selling like bootlegs and rarities yeah. and whatever. And eventually they weren't allowed to sell that stuff anymore, and then they moved downtown to Philly. And it, yeah. You know, but, but I used to live for that. I had crazy I, I mean, we, crazy since VHS. I didn't have MTV, I remember I didn't know what Weezer looked like. And they were one of, one of my first like CD music obsessions. You see the cover of the box or whatever. You want to see them move and perform. And I would buy these like bootlegs of their concerts. I was like, God damn, these guys are so exciting and energetic. And it set me up for the fall when I saw them on the Green Album tour. And they acted like, first they came out three hours late like they were guns and fucking roses. 
they played only the green album and they would not move. And I was like, well, wait, I saw this video where you guys are doing backflips practically. What happened to you? Really? And still, you just go see Weezer. They barely move. They're boring as shit. Yeah, it's a shame. That new album uh, was sort of a return to form for them. You know, 50 and people have told me that, and the album sucks dick. It doesn't suck dick. It's just not. Yeah. But here's what sucks is a guy came in and wrote it with them. Like, a, they, oh. like they got a like there's a guy a that like helped them write it because he was like, no, this is how you write a Weezer song. Sure. So it's just kind of a bummer. It's how just kind did, of a uh, bummer. How did Michael Richards' performance hold up as Stanley Spadowski? Amazing. Yeah. It's still hilarious. Because that, that was my introduction to him. when I first Me too. Sta- I started watching Seinfeld season one because I was a big TV guide obsessive. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they got the guy from UHF in this. Yeah, no, he's he's hilarious in it. And I mean, in my opinion, one of the great feats in cinematic history is uh, Weird Al making that Twinkie. He makes that Twinkie hot dog where he cuts yes. the, the Twinkies, the bun, and the hot dogs in the middle, and then he puts cheese Whiz on it. Yes. And he fucking commits to it, man. He Dips it in milk and starts eating it. Yeah. And, and there is not a break in the edit. I got to tell you, I disgusting. think I would have no problem eating a hot dog Twinkie Cheese Whiz. Look, it wouldn't make me sick. It's one thing to eat the, the Twinkie Cheese Whiz hot dog. Yeah. It's another thing to soak it in milk. It's and an odd, yeah, it. odd move, for it's, sure. It's the grossest combination ever. And, like, and he sticks to it, which yeah. I appreciate. All right. That's fair. I saw UHF at the Drive-In Theater in Missouri. Uh, I also they would they would do double features, but it wasn't always of two new movies. They would show like when I saw Batman there, probably two years after its release. Uh, they all they paired it with Beetlejuice. Like they kind of had interesting pairings, and it was great. But why I really loved going to the Drive-In is because if I did it subtly, I could turn my head and see the R-rated screen. Which would often contain tits. Why? Why are we not going to the drive-in we have out here? I, when I started dating my girlfriend, I went all the time, and I would love to go anytime you want to go. It's so fun. Yeah, we'll put a cooler in the trunk, get some, get some weed. It's like a half-hour drive tops. You see a double feature, but I was seeing a couple movies with Heather there, and we turned around and like, not because this one has four screens all across this parking lot, like giant four screens. So on one of the screens would be literally like Cars 2, right. an animated movie. And on a screen, in the, honestly, in the same viewpoint was that 302 <laughs> and just like a graphic 10-minute sex scene. I'm sure it's been an awakening for several children. <laughs> but you see two movies for the price of nine bucks. It's great. All right. And they used to let you switch screens, so I would see three. Because they, they'd have a, a seven, a nine, and a midnight, but now they watch it very carefully, so that gotta, sucks. So now you got to pick your which two you want to see, right? And that's the problem there is if you don't like the pairing, tough shit. But is one of the movies on both screens? Sometimes they'll do that. Generally, there's a popular one that they'll, you know, they they really seem to be because the line was always so long and it was so crowded. They started really kind of fucking with people. <sighs> I want to see that. But that's actually a nice segue into our topic. You got greedy and you can't get exactly greedy with it anymore. Are you greedy when it comes to that sort of thing? How I used to do that in New York. I used to go in. I'd buy one movie ticket. And I would call 
By the way, yeah. Oh, that's not a bird. Is by there the a way, duck? Do you hear that honking? They probably can't hear it at home. The mics aren't picking it up. There's some sort of honk, like a it's child's a guy that, honking toy. It's, it's a guy infuriating. that sells like churros out of his of oh. shopping cart, and he just honks that horn going up and down. It's like his version of an ice cream man. Yeah, song. it's annoying. Yeah, I know. Um, also, he's knows? he's set up camp here. He's not walking up and down the street. He's walking up and down. It's just you can imagine pushing a cart up this hill. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know, I, I walk up it. this hill. I feel like I'm going to have a stroke I half know, the time. I know. But anyway, um, I used to do that in New York. I would go. What I would do is I would figure out like, okay, there's these two movies I want to see. Yeah. Playing at the AMC, whatever. And I would call and I would say, uh, "I'm coming to the theater today." What's and I, it was always the second movie I was going to go. Yeah. Go, what screen is such and such playing on at four thirty? Because that's so weird that you would even ask. Well, I would go. I'd go because I'm meeting some friends there, and we're going to be very pressed for time, and I want to be able to tell everybody ahead of time, like it's in this theater. And they would go, "Oh, that's playing in fifteen or whatever." That's and then so suspicious and like a needless. I'd, so I'd go in, I'd buy a ticket for the first movie, go see it, and then I'd know, like, okay, when the credits start rolling, I've got three minutes to get to 15 to see the other thing. I'm amazed and we never was, discussed this because I can do you one better. And we did a Two Broke Girls episode about trying to sneak into five different movies in one day. Uh, that was a great episode. But I, when I lived in Missouri, I, would, I used to do it constantly, but I started a tradition the day after Christmas that still goes on to this day where it's called the day after Christmas movie spectacular. Great title. Yeah. And I'm in, I would step over the red rope at the West olive 16 theater, pass the ticket and go make the, the international, I got to make a phone call thing to the ticket taker, walk over to the payphone, which maybe there isn't even a payphone anymore. So maybe it's not possible, but I would, now I would go, got to run to the bathroom, mouth that and go into the bathroom. Then you're in, you're past the ticket taker. It's the day after Christmas. So they're packed. What I used to do was pretend to be on the phone, make my call, talk, 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 till the guy had his back to me, hang up the phone, go into the men's room, wait in the men's room a couple of minutes, come out, walk with a purpose, which is very important to my theater. I would point to someone who wasn't there and go like, oh, over here, over here, then go into the, the theater. You'd buy no ticket. I bought not even the first ticket. Then how did, how did you get past the guy that tears the ticket? That's what I'm. That's what I just explained to you. Oh, you would. You'd say I have to go to the bathroom, and then he wouldn't. He'd forget that you went in. I'd say I had to go to the phone. Then by the time he turns back to me, he assumes I'm gone, but I'm in the men's room. When I come out of the men's room, he doesn't even. He just thinks I'm a guy coming out of the men's room. Now he's taking tickets. We would get the running time of each movie, add ten minutes for trailers, and time it so it was bang, bang, bang. See five movies every year the day after Christmas for free. I had some friends who out of guilt would buy the first ticket or they'd want to go get lunch. And I'm like, well, that's stupid because then you got to buy another ticket. Well, yeah, what would you eat this whole time? I, mean, I, would, about a I would bring hour. in some food in my pocket. I ne- My whole goal was to never spend a dime. So I guess that is greed or just being cheap. I had no money. Um, then around the time I got to New York when I had even less money and a lot of free time, I would do the exact same thing. I would see five movies for the price of one. One year... After my it was my birthday and I had no friends in the city, oh, one of the saddest days of my life. I Jesus. go to that AMC Times Square theater, forty two, forty two, yeah. And uh, I said, "Hey, what's the longest movie you got playing?" And they said, "Cold Mountain." I said, "Great." I go in, I watch Cold Mountain because it would kill the most time. I came out and snuck into something I didn't even want to see, like you know, Soul Food or some movie I had no interest in. <laughs> 
just uh, whatever killed the most time. I would spend whole days at the theater. I, I had girlfriends do this with me in New York who were never enthused about it. It sounds terrible. And as I told you yesterday, uh, there's this restaurant called Cozy, which is kind of like a Chipotle, but with salads and sandwiches. Cozy is shit. I liked their Thanksgiving sandwich. I really loved it. The bread there was great. What was on the thing? Let me guess. Turkey, you know stuffing, cranberry yeah. sauce, maybe a little cheese. Maybe a little gravy, yeah. But I ordered it, and there was a big line at the cash register, and I walked right past the cash register where you would pay, sat down at a table, and ate my sandwich, and no one even glanced at me. So yeah. for the next year, I ate lunch there every day and never paid. How filling was this Thanksgiving sandwich? Oh, it took care of it. it was a, I mean, I, I, was, I weighed nothing at this point. That was my meal of the day. And I would go over and eat it in the restaurant because that's a little tip if you want to steal. They never expect you to just steal something and eat it there. Who would be that stupid? And it's that confidence that gets you away with it. Also, in New York, no one cares. No. And what people don't realize, because now I don't sneak into movies. I work in the entertainment industry. That'd be a little uh, stupid of me. But I will say... It's generally a 16, 17-year-old who doesn't want to be there, who hates what they're doing. I used to be a movie usher. Never in a million years if I saw somebody sneaking in would I run over and be like, oh, wait, wait. They don't care. Right. Nobody cares. No. It's a miserable job, and they're probably happy you're ripping off their fucking bosses. Yeah, yeah. I got really mad once because one of the things I would do in New York, because when you're in New York, you got to have your little hustles. You got to, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's necessary. It's an expensive city, and if yeah. you're struggling... You got to have your little hustles. Well, a great one that my friend, uh, my dear friend Joanne Grigioni taught me was not so much a hustle, just a great tip. Yeah. Always buy your beer at the drugstore. Drugstore, oh, everything is course. It's as cheap as it can be. Yeah. So, you know, you get stuck in New York going to these bodegas to buy six packs. You're dropping 13 bucks. Bodega for adds pack. three, four bucks. Easy. Yeah. You go into the you go into the the Dwayne Reed, you're getting a six pack of coronas for like 6.99 or whatever and a stop and shop's even cheaper if you can find one of those. yeah but uh but one of my things was i would go down to the to the theater on uh 14th street the union square movie theater which i liked quite a bit because i'd find myself over there yeah. frequently during the day with time to kill i'd always buy a senior ticket sure you buy I mean, it on I've, the you buy it on the kiosk yeah i'd buy yeah. a senior ticket on the kiosk go up you're in but i remember once man this lady she called me out, and she's like, you got to go back and get the other. And I'm like, what do you care? I know. You're not getting a commission on tickets. What do you care? I myself, when I got a little too old to be just, like, sneaking in every time, I, I did the same. I used to get senior tickets, and I had the same thing. A lady was like, oh, you bought the wrong one. I was very apologetic, but part of me is like, what's wrong with you? Help, help me out shit. a little bit. Who gives a It's not rat's, coming out of your pocket. A rat's patootie, as they say. They do. Uh, well, I guess that's sort of greed. I'll tell you what I think I'm greedy with is, uh, I don't know if this is greed or not, but I'm not a big, like, I need more money guy, like, mm -hmm. or I need more and more and more, but I, right. I am a guy that does like to buy things. And I have noticed that I never have enough records. I just want to buy records constantly. I feel the same. I have a huge collection. And I ju it's just never enough. I don't know if that's greed or not, but... I've always I, been I that I, I don't blow my money on, you know, cars or women or whatever else. I, but not women, no, not prostitutes, no. But right. Um, but sometimes you you do enjoy fast cars and fast women. Well, who doesn't? Right. But I've always bought. I like a big Blu-ray collection. I like a big 
you, you know, was cassettes, then it was CDs. Now it's back to vinyl, which seems kind of stupid, but I like a big collection to put on display. You let let people know what you like. It's a conversation starter. I like having the physical, tangible thing. It's really my only indulgence too. But I it's also great fun to stand at a you know, say you're over here on a Friday night, you're yeah. looking at my record rack. It's this cabinet's full. This whole thing's full. It's fun to stand in front of this thing with a few beers in you and a little weed on your breath and yeah, and you go, I'm going to pick something out, and you put it on, and everybody says, oh, great choice. I agree. And then, you know. I, uh, you know, I, I'm i uh, making some money. I've heard. I love making money. I've been reading the trades. I just made $13,000 in Las Vegas <laughs> off of video poker for the yes. second time. Yeah. In six months, which is amazing. And I can attest, people, loyal listeners, that is absolutely true. And I want now to go with Pat to Vegas mm-hmm. so he can coach me Rain Man style. <laughs> I will. To win at the video poker machine. And the thing is, you know, they come over and they're always baffled by it and they put their key in the machine and they're looking a little skeptical. There's no way to fuck with one of these machines. It's not like counting cards or something. I just kind of found a way to make money at it. And you can tell they hate it. And they keep giving me more and more. They'll put me up there for a week if I want to in a nice one-bedroom suite. My movies, my dinners, my steak dinners, my drinks, everything's comped because they think I'm going to fuck up and give them the money back. But because of, I wouldn't say greed. I'd say it's being smart with money. If I lost even a grand, I'd be like, well, I'm done gambling for this trip. A grand's a lot of money. But when I'm winning, it all goes in my pocket. I put everything in the bank. My whole thing is... You know, I'm making a good living. I can add this supplemental income in Vegas. I just think back to my dad, you know, working day in and day out, back-breaking physical labor, trying to break even. And I've kind of, you know, it's it's talent, sure, but I've, I've lucked into this great money situation for myself. I'm not going to fuck it up. I don't spend it on a bunch of crazy shit. I, I'd say, if anything, it's being thrifty. I tip well. I, you know, I... I go out with friends and have a good time, but I'm, I I'm never go, a guy who's throwing around huge chunks of see, money. See, I want to go make this money, which, of course, it won't work for me. I'll lose everything, <laughs> and it'll be miserable. You never know. But if I were to make this money, I I, I would come home. I'd, I'd just buy something crazy, Yeah, which I, I would love. It would, why not? It's fun. When I was walking an envelope of $13,000, dollars all in hundreds into my bank of america a i'm thinking if somebody robbed me this would be the best hit of all time like outside of robbing a bank i was a little scared because when you win the jackpot there's a red siren that goes off and makes sound alerting everyone that you have just won a large amount of money then they come out and give it to you in cash and it displays on the screen exactly how much you've won now do you want to let any listeners know when you'll be in vegas again (laughs) I mean, people st- and some shady characters will stare at you, especially when sure. you win after midnight. Yeah, some guy that just put his deed to his house down at the blackjack table. I'm sure exactly. he's not feeling happy for you. And you think about these little old ladies there who win these jackpots. And you got to go up to your room alone. And I asked somebody once, I was like, look, has anyone ever been just hit and hit hard winning one of these jackpots? And they go, you know where you're in trouble is if, like I stay at the Cosmopolitan, if you hit it big at Planet Hollywood, then you got to walk back to the Cosmo. Right. At two in the morning, somebody might follow you and hit you while you're out in the street. But I'm 
fairly certain you could request a security escort. You probably could. Yeah. But they'll go, you know, if you're here at the Cosmo and you're going upstairs, there are 18 cameras on you every step of the way, and nobody is stupid enough to rob you. And no one has ever tried. Now, I'll tell you who does approach you is them prostitutes. <laughs> they come out of the goddamn woodwork when they see that you've won a nice chunk of money because they figure you're looking to spend it. That's a rough one. For me, I just put it in the bank. You know, I, I don't have any big purchase that I need, but I should definitely at some point go, yeah, I'm going to take 5K of this and buy something stupid. Yeah. But then you it, could literally a part buy, of me is like I should give it to charity then. You could buy a used car. That's true. For like 10 grand, like a little Fiat or something. It's like, yeah, no, I have this or a moped. It's true. You know, when, when things get really shitty is unless you hit twelve fifty, dollars $1,250, they don't lock your machine. So a lot of things you get four aces or whatever, and it gives you $800. You know, that doesn't lock your machine. They don't come out with a W-4 unless you hit twelve fifty. So it's tax-free money, too. Um. You can win a couple of these jackpots of like $1,000. I was sitting next to this guy who never hit the jackpot. He never had anybody come out and lock his machine and give him the tax form. But he had put together about $3,600 in the machine. And he's like real kind of slurry. And he's like, oh, fuck yes, kind of drunk. Right. And I kid you not, he just kept hitting the button. Boom, 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 playing, playing, playing. Then I look over again. He's down to like 2800 from 36, Then he's down to... 1400 and you never want to talk to a man about his money when he's drunk right but i lean over and i go buddy you might get mad at me now you won't be mad at me in the morning i would cash that out and take it upstairs buddy put it in the safe go to bed you wake up tomorrow you got 1400 dollars that you did not come here with right uh you should listen to me and he goes fuck you man because i've been winning all night i'm gonna keep winning of course immediately angry kind of in my face (laughs) A fuck you, really? Immediate fuck you. Like, right. don't tell me what to do. Within five minutes, he goes fuck, and he's down at zero, and he stumbles up to the room. If he had listened to me, he would have woken. Because that's the thing: you wake up the next day with money. You're like, oh shit, this is great. Yeah. When I win money, I walk it straight up to the safe in my room, and I put a post-it on it in case I want to get drunk that says, "Pat, no." Well, and when I go up there and see that post-it, I'm like, Pat, no. You know what would have helped with that guy is as he was stumbling away, you should have went, told you so. I'm sure that would have. <laughs> he would have stabbed me in the throat probably with a bottle hey, opener. Hey, buddy, I, I just I told you so. Yeah. Just maybe next time you should listen when somebody tries to help. Yeah, you fucking idiot. What do you are you so all right well it's not greed I don't think any of this is greed you know I think any here's my thing with this with the seven deadlies yeah we are saving our favorite envy for envy. last which yeah. I look forward to sure but aside from en- well envy no I think greed applies to all of them gluttony you're being greedy yep pride you're 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 you want being, attention yeah you, exactly short sighted greedy. Right. Uh, envy. Why don't I have that? That's yeah. being greedy. Yeah. Lust. I want more. Right. Uh, what else is there? Rage. Yes. Even in its own way, like it's 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 all of them apply to some sort of over overindulgence 
which is what greed really is, or or the want for more. So, sort of a almost an irrelevant sin on the list because it kind of is a subcategory of all the other ones. I agree. It's it's and did who who, who came up with the seven sins? Was it Jesus? Who decided those are the seven deadlies? I don't even remember. Or I no. have no idea. You're you're talking to me like I put some sort of preparation or work or effort into this podcast. I just, yeah. <laughs> you, you show up and I fix a drink and we kind of go at it. Yeah. Speaking w- of which, my beer is empty. Do you need another one? Yeah, I'll take one, Joe. All right. Well, talk to the nice people while I get you one. Sure. Uh, greed in Seven, the movie. I forget what it was, to be honest with you. I guess it was... It was, I think, the banker at the beginning where they just didn't really know what to do and they just found him dead at his desk. Is it Vanity one, or is that Pride? Vanity was one in the movie, maybe? I don't know. Oh, Joe's, Joe's talking to me off, off screen here. Um, and then, of course, uh, on the lighter side, you have Greedy with Michael J. Fox and Kirk <laughs> Douglas, which is a movie I really loved, a very funny movie. Phil Hartman is hilarious in that. And he has one of my favorite insults ever. He walks up to this guy and gets, I think it was Michael J. Fox, he gets in his face and he goes, you know something, I didn't like the Beatles and I don't like you. It's a great, great line. We talked in the last one about how much we miss Phil Hartman. Um, But yeah, I think the only area I might be greedy in is like, you know, you you, you sell something, you you sell a pitch, whatever it is. You want to get as much money as possible. And that's really just being smart. I think, you know, if you're going out of the way, if every decision in your ma- every decision in your life is motivated by money, that's greed. But simply wanting to be compensated and wanting to get the most money you can, I wouldn't put that as a as a sin. Maybe they're saying it's holding on to it, not giving it up to charity, etc. Sure. You know, I make a nice living. I try to throw out some money to, to charities throughout the year. I try to tip well. I try to remember when I was a, you know, a movie theater usher or whatever it may be. I try to tip a dollar or two even at the places where they're simply handing you something. I mean, I would say that any one of the seven sins, uh, to a certain extent, having a certain percentage of that in your sort of daily makeup is is, is good. Yeah. You kind of need a little bit of all of these, but I guess the the whole point of where they, or the, the turning point at which they become sins. Excess. Yeah, is the is the indulgence in one versus the necessary usage of it? Yeah, if you will. So I mean, of course, you need a little greed in your life because without it, you don't. I mean, it's just it's you know work ethic could be defined as greed in certain ways. You know. Yeah, that said, I mean, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio probably has six houses and he fucks a bunch of supermodels and he has whatever he wants: private jet, private helicopter. Is that greed? I don't know. And maybe because that is greed, he, well, he's just being compensated, but he also does a bunch of work and charity work and shit like that. I guess maybe they're saying is if you have a tremendous amount of money to to pay it forward and pass it along. Well, also, too, this is a very old school sort of Christian Catholic uh, uh, belief system. It's, you know, they're the, the, like a more progressive Christian belief is that you know, for instance, a priest could live in a mansion or drive a BMW or whatever it yeah. is, because the idea that you need to be poor and starving and destitute be, to be a truly, truly a man of God is 
I, it doesn't apply as much as it used to. Yeah. Well, so. and then, you know, a big part of most churches, really, is the concept of tithe. I believe it's pronounced. I'm not sure. T-I-T-H-E, I think. Maybe a G in the mix as well. But uh, just that you give 10% or whatever you can afford of your income to the church. And when I think about these families pulling in $30,000 a year with three children, giving three grand to the church, it honestly yeah. makes me a little upset. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And my dad always dropped, you know, we never had any money growing up. My dad would always drop a 10 or a 20 in the basket, and I would be like, what are you doing? It's not like we see major improvements in the church or something. It always upset me in defending your life when Rip Torn says to Albert Brooks, he goes, did you give to charity? And uh, Albert, Brooks goes, Albert Brooks goes, I gave a lot to people on the street, but you don't really get a receipt for that. And, yeah. uh, and Rip Torn goes, nope. Like, he just gets no credit yeah. for having given. And it's affected my giving change to people on the street right. because I want a little credit. <laughs> the things that start to affect me with that are like, you know, it's been done in a lot of TV shows, but it's done because it's true. I've done this so many times where I will hand my leftovers to someone. And they will open it and go, eh, yeah, and try to give it back. And it's so infuriating that it makes you never want to give again. I went up to a guy in a public park once, and I said he was he was clearly homeless, and he yeah. was writing in a book or something, right? And I went up to him and said, "Hey, man, sorry to bother you, but I have all this food if you if you'd like it." And he looked at me and he goes, "I'm working." Ugh. I said, "All right," but he, and they're, they're, they're crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, what can you crazy. say? There is, at the inter the intersection before I get on the five highway right by my house, is you're sitting there a long time. It's a long light. You're trying to make a U-turn to get on the highway. And there's a guy who has like a wishing well set up with a bucket. He spends all his time like really carefully grooming this little area. He's got a nice little racket. And he comes up to each car window and will stand there until you either turn your head away. Right. Which you have to do because he's there every morning. Or... You know, half the mornings I rolled in the window and give him a buck. But one morning, and I see this guy every day. I know he doesn't remember me. And I know he's crazy. But my window was down. I didn't frantically roll it up because that's always a terrible feeling when you have to do that. Right. But he comes up and he's standing there. And I said, I'm sorry, man. I don't have any money on me. And he goes, screw you. <laughs> I was like, I've given you over the past year of my life easily thirty, forty dollars <laughs> And now I want it back. Then that's when you have to take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's easy to forget these people are crazy. And then, of course, there's the people who are like, he's just going to spend it on booze. I'm like, then good. Yeah, I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a problem with that. I always like the, the sign where it's like, I'm going to be honest. I want it for beer yeah, and weed. It's always nice. The, the, the th well, I saw a great sign once that said, can I please have some money for booze or drugs? Dot, dot, dot. Hey, at least I ain't bullshitting. Yeah. And he put the apostrophe on bullshitting, which oh, I, I thought that. was great. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I the, That that never affected me giving to the homeless or the apparent homeless. I, I, I don't give a shit if, if they're going to spend it on booze or whatever. Me neither, no. The thing that stopped, it didn't stop me. I still do it. But, I mean, the thing that it hindered me from doing it more frequently was the fact that I started to read articles when I lived in New York about guys that were like that had houses that were professional beggars. Yeah. That started to really bother me. Yeah. And it made me start to look for 
I always called it window shopping homeless people. You would look for clues to be like, you're not really homeless. Yeah. Like your your outfit's too nice. The and nails. I, I see you yeah. out here every day and you're always wearing a different outfit and it's always clean. Like yeah. you're not homeless. I read a couple articles like that. It's it's a real dark place to start thinking like that. Like all these homeless people are doing that because that's definitely not true. But no, not at all. It's just that's why I say window shop. You got to you find yeah. a guy and you go, no, this guy's clearly homeless and needs right. help. I read an article about a guy who's a professional Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover in Vegas. And he stands in the strip. Every time you go to Vegas, you, I thought you see him, but now you actually see the other 30 guys who do this now. Right. Because they read that this guy was pulling in 60 k a year. And then people are like, everyone goes to Vegas because they want to recreate The Hangover. Uh, I don't. But, you know, people from other, other, other lands do where it's a big vacation, an exciting trip. For me, it's a four-hour drive. But, you know, they're like, oh, my God, it's a guy from The Hangover. They want a picture. He charges five bucks. The guy made $60,000. Now there's one in front of every hotel, a guy dressed like this. Uh, it's kind of sick. Yeah, it is. But then again, maybe he's smart. Anyone making money, I'm like, good for you. I don't know what to say. I mean, smart, greedy, lustful, erotic. Yeah. Gluttonous, hungry. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know anymore. No, Pat, what do you want to plug? Do you got anything? Well, I, it's too far, we're too far out to plug because we, we don't know when this one's coming out. But so just your Twitter, I guess, right? Yeah, Twitter, Vine, Instagram, the Patrick Walsh. I don't, I don't, I think this will already have happened. Or I'm doing a stand-up show in New York, Sunday, May the eighth at UCB East. Um, other than that, keep listening to the podcast, folks. Keep giving us those reviews. I hope you enjoy it. Me, uh, Twitter, Vine, Instagram, Joe DeRosa Comedy, and I'll be at the Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, May 19th and 20th. So come out for that. Pick up Ken Hanley's book, The Eye and Evil. He's our executive producer. It's a very funny book. Yes, it is very funny, and we should have been plugging it this whole time, and, and uh, we just started plugging it because just brain farts but that's about it but yeah go go get that book it's great yeah pat i'm gonna miss you and, and i, I hope you i hope you're well well I'm, I'm alive still i'm fine <laughs>